Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hi. Ah, uh, welcome to Cinebuds. I'm Christopher Pollard. I'm from Milwaukee Film. I'm Justin Barney. I'm from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. And together we are Cinebuds. Uh, and this week on Cinebuds, we're going to be talking about the new Leos Carex film, Annette. First time I fell in love. Woke up next to the girl. And escaped fast and far. And Anne has changed me. What I see in her is obvious. All right. Uh, Annette is uh, the film uh, starring Adam Driver, and he plays a stand-up comedian with a very intense sense of humor. And Marianne Cotillard plays a singer of international renown. I believe she's an opera singer. Uh, And they are together in the spotlight. They're the perfect couple, very glamorous. Uh, And the birth of their first child, Annette, uh, is a mysterious girl with an exceptional destiny, and it changes their life. Does that sound Mm -hmm. accurate? Sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) Now, interestingly, I was not in Spain this week, but I still did not get to see the film. (laughs) It's only playing at the Downer, and it's playing at 4 p.m. Yeah, so and it was just impossible. But luckily, Justin got to see it. So, Justin, how did you like Annette? Okay. I am (laughs) I like it when it starts with, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am the ideal audience for Annette. Annette is written by the Sparks brothers. So the band Sparks, the two brothers that, that make up Sparks, they wrote this movie. It is a musical. They wrote all the music. They are they they are in it several times. I love Sparks. Yeah. I also love Leo Carex is the director. He directed the movie Holy Motors, which is the only other one that I've seen from him. But Holy Motors is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is it is weird. It is beautiful. Same thing with Sparks. They are weird. They are beautiful. I love Adam Driver. He's one of my favorite actors. I love all the component parts. And yet, yeah. I was trapped in this movie theater yeah it felt like an eternity this movie was two hours and 20 minutes too long and (laughs) it, it was just so much of it did not work for me yeah and i was just if i wasn't reviewing this for this podcast i probably would have left the theater oh wow that is an it just, intense take. Yeah, it just, it just, it it was redundant. It was yeah. long. It was weird for the sake of being weird, which I normally like a lot. But it, um, just so much of this movie didn't work for me. I did not care for it at all, despite wanting to love it so yeah. much. Yeah, you know, it's interesting hearing people's reaction to it. I feel like the reviewers even want to give it credit because they keep saying didn't quite reach its mark, even though it had these beautiful elements and all this, they have all these good things to say, but ultimately they're saying, yeah, but not quite. Yeah. Which, which I think speaks to like 
wanting to like this movie really bad. Yes. And I, I read a review this morning too, where the reviewer was like, I like that this movie existed. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I feel that way too. I'm glad that I'm glad that Sparks got to write a movie. Yeah. I'm glad that Leo's car has got to do it. I'm glad that Adam driver got to play such an intense and weird role but just so much of it just did not land. It did I'm, not hit. I'm glad people are making this kind of thing. I am too. But just not this one. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and right after this, we're going to talk about uh, more about the film and about the other films of Leo's Carex. So come right back. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. If now isn't quite the right time for a monetary contribution to support Radio Milwaukee, keep in mind you can always donate a vehicle you no longer need. Cars, trucks, motorcycles, we accept all types. Pickup is easy, and your gift could be worth hundreds of dollars in support. That's hours of music and stories for you to enjoy. Get your donation started at RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. And we're back. And we're back. Talking about Annette. I know. And quite a conversation we're going to have. I know. You know, I feel so bad that I didn't like this movie so much, but it really was. There was a moment in it, and trust me, I was not far into the movie, yeah. where I was at the downer, and I got up and just went to the bathroom. <laughs> just, just for a reprieve. Just for a reprieve. I mean, oh, it, it like, so it's, and it starts off hot. It starts off with the Sparks Brothers being like, you know, addressing the theater. And it starts, they're like, please, if you want to do this or you want to do that, hold it. Stop. Don't take a breath for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And uh, that was like funny. And because it's like Sparks are funny and they're a funny band. And then it starts off with them being like, we're starting the movie. This is like the beginning. And it's like very self-aware and very like looking at the camera and, uh, then it went into quickly it went into a comedy set from Adam Driver's character yeah and the set was like 10 minutes long wow and it, it certainly was not comedy okay that's what i'm interested in because he's i find, i am interested in actors playing comedians that's hard because Comedians playing, being dramatic, we've talked about, is always easier. So what was that like? How did he do? Adam Driver, if there's any redeeming quality of this movie, it's that, like, Adam Driver is an impressive actor because he just throws himself at the role. This, like, and he's so, like, Adam Driver, he's so physical. He's so, like willing to like put his body into the role, which is impressive and is impressive the entire time that he has like, he has a lot of on-screen time in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. He's probably on screen for 
two hours and 10 minutes, probably. I mean, maybe the entire thing. Um, But this comedy set, really, it was like, I realized, oh, this is this is not going to be what I was hoping it was going to be because it was so long and it didn't even attempt to be comedy. It didn't even try to be funny. It was like him coming out with nonsensical, I want to say gags, but they were not gags. It was just like him just like shouting a sentence at the audience being like, what laugh. You came here to laugh. So laugh. Okay. I, I killed my wife. I did this and it's like, he's supposed to be like a provocateur and uh, I, and I, I get that kind of like provocateur caricature and the comedian that is a provocateur, but it's usually like, if you're a provocateur, you are, you have a point of view that you are provocating. You have, uh, there is a cultural consensus that you are rubbing up against. You are, uh, you know, you're, you're saying something where the audience is going to recognize it and then be shocked or appalled. And Adam Driver did none of that. It was just like 10 minutes of literally just flopping on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, part of me is very intrigued to see that, but I can see how that's not going to go right. And I was, and I was like, I knew like you hadn't seen the movie and me going into the movie. And I was like, I'm going to say this review and Christopher is going to be like, I should really like, Justin hates this movie so much. And so much of it didn't work. Like I, it, it intrigues me. Sure. And uh, I'm telling you, it's just boring. It's, it's just, it's like the worst part of it is that it's not interesting. Cause then they follow up 10 minutes of this, like really confounding, just dead dead comedy routine with like 10 minutes of an opera performance that is equally as like teased out and piecemeal and like incoherent and that's just like a lot of the movie is kind of like incoherent bits of song and also and then you know it is a musical and so musicals are kind of kind of like you're singing your feelings and you are singing what's happening. And there's a lot of redundancy in this movie where it's like, here's, here's them in love. You see them falling in love. Here's a shot of the press saying they're in love. Here's them doing a song for five minutes about them being in love. That's just repeating. We're in love. We're in love. We're in love. And it was like so much of it was just like kind of big stop sets. You know, it's like it's like two hours and 20 minutes. And it's a long time. It's a long time. And I, I, you know, I had read that this was supposed to be a Sparks album. And it's like that makes sense. It makes yeah. sense as like a 30 to 45 minute album that Sparks would make. Yeah. And you know what happens in an album? And, in, in, you know, you have these songs that are, you know, three to five minutes and they have motion and they're quick and then it's on to the next one and this just felt like they took a they took a 30 45 minute concept album and they made it into two and a half hours needlessly so it was just a lot of redundancy a lot of incoherence and also there there's like an intentional schlockiness to it yeah to where it's like Adam Driver like rides on a motorcycle and he's like riding a motorcycle and it's very clearly Adam Driver sitting there and there's a fan on his face oh, and there's yeah, a yeah, green yeah. screen. Right. Um, 
that just didn't work for me. Which now you you you've seen Holy Motors, and I know we talked about that at the beginning. You love that yeah. movie. I do too. That movie is like all of his movies are a little bit strange, but Holy Motors is very bizarre, and it has these sort very of, bizarre. It's almost episodic. It has a through line main character, yeah. but there are these little episodes. Do you would you say that he was trying to make something similarly odd and and kind of perplexing, but just didn't pull it off this time? This is a really good question because I have like my own theories on this. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, the two big kind of creative players in this are Leos Carex, the director who did Holy Motors. Holy Motors is extremely beautiful. It is extremely kind of like tediously set and the costumes and the caricatures are all so like beautifully and wonderfully weird and delicate and serious. And then you have sparks who are kind of like a live wire who are creative, who are very funny. And this movie kind of like lacked any humor whatsoever. And I think it was like, you know, like my theory on it is that, it it takes these two things and it kind of it watered both of them down. Yeah, it just so not, sometimes Leo's, it's just not a good collaboration. And that is what it was. It's like Leo's Carex. It was not. It was like it was not beautiful in the way that Holy Motors is beautiful. It was not funny in the way that Sparks is funny. It was like it was really really self serious in the yeah. way that Sparks is not. And it was really kind of like schlocky and intentionally um intentionally aware that you are watching a movie in the way that leo's car is not right because i'm just and this is just a guess based on what you're saying but like like the the bits of uh that schlocky like him on a green screen uh, yeah. riding on a motorcycle versus if leo's car did that in holy motors when he does the animation sequence where you see the actors filming these animations and they, and they're like, end up these like dinosaurs having sex and it's yeah. very silly, but he goes, I mean, it's full costumes, sets, uh, actual yes. digital animation for that, not the schlocky part. He goes full on with it. So it seems like, yeah, yeah it seems like maybe you're right. That's the, a watered down version of what each one does best. So it makes it sort of like nah, not quite there. It's what it, it's what it felt like. It, it was, it was just like, I, I'm so disappointed in how I'm disappointed on it, but <laughs> yeah. it, it just like, and it wasn't even like the setting or, or whatever. It just like, it didn't work, but Adam driver, it's like, I love that Adam driver is doing a movie like this. You know, this guy did a star Wars movie, yeah. you know, and he's done like big action movies and he's still like has this dedication to do kind of like weird Shakespearean art in a way where it's like, I just like so much respect to, to Adam driver for like throwing himself at this, throwing himself at this role. It's a very physical role. He uses his entire body. His body like changes throughout. He gets like really, really like gaunt and like tight on his face. And there's got like big bags under his eyes. And uh, it's like, he really goes and lets the physicality of the role like take over him and he takes it over and i 
he he is impressive just as an actor and but that was it you know i read a lot of the articles and ta- and a lot of it was like the bright spot is adam driver so that no, it, it was checks out it checks out it's i think it's interesting that it is a real testament to how much like filmy people and like <laughs> critics and things like that really want really respect leo's carex because yeah. Uh, of and your, your, your response yeah and sparks but your response is very similar in the sense that like people are sad that they have to say this movie's <laughs> yeah. bad yes very much so very much so sometimes there's somebody big even people you like and you kind of like when you have to take them down and say like you know what it's a misstep there's something like you know let's just keep you in check just to keep you in check i want you to know this isn't great this is not the case here it's like oh, i just yeah. wish i just wish it i wish i could say i liked it yeah but I still, I still love Sparks. I still love Leo's Car X. I still can't wait to see what they do and hope that they do um, other things. And for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. it's a, it's a long wait. Leo's Car X is one of those filmmakers who doesn't make one every year, so it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just disappointing. But yeah, I've I've we showed Holy Motors as a member screening, which oh man, I bet you got some mixed reviews. On we that one. did. It's it's <laughs> yeah. um, second only to. Uh, um, Upstream Color, which is a very divisive movie that we showed. Uh, that mm-hmm. one got the most like, I'm sorry, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> but it was back and I, I can't take credit for that. That was back in our Angela days. Angela had some great programming and she not that we don't now. <laughs> we, do, uh-huh. we, de- we definitely throw some curveballs and some interesting ones in there now. But it was w- definitely one that uh, stuck out because it was so strange and so it's a, it's a, it can be very divisive if you're not into that kind of thing. But it also brought up a lot of people who normally would not have sought out a movie like that, and they totally. came, and they ended up going. I don't understand, or I mean, I didn't understand the movie when I saw it for the first time, uh, and then yeah. I don't understand, but I know I loved it. It was you're like you said, it's beautiful. It was strange, but it was fascinating, yeah. and there's so many characters in it that you just yeah. can't take your eyes off of. And it was it started a lot of great conversation, which that's like those are the best member screenings. Those are the best best films you can show people are when it can really spark a lot of interesting conversation. And his movies do that for sure. Totally. Do not write him off because this one's not good, everybody. Uh, Definitely check out Holy Motors. Check out Lovers on a Bridge is a beautiful, interesting movie, too. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Yes. Okay. Well, let's let's put Annette behind us. <laughs> let's move forward. Positive. Let's move forward. Um, Christopher, what have you been watching this week? Well, I because I didn't get to watch Annette, I was like right. preparing for like maybe we'll talk about something else sometime. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I watched Pig. Which, oh my god! Yeah. I, I think I, we may want to do this next week. I know. I was wondering that, too. I have some thoughts on why we should or shouldn't. Uh, but I won't go fully into it, obviously. Uh, but I will. Okay. I, I will. If, if we do do a show about it. Slice I kind of really want to do a show about it. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind. But I feel like. You wouldn't mind? I wouldn't mind at all. I can. I don't think it will be spoiling anything for me to say. I really liked it. Okay. Um, and I think it could be mildly compared to First Cow. Okay, let's 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 I'll shelf this because I want to do because I, 
I also watched Moonstruck this week, oh. thinking that uh, <laughs> that we might watch Pig in like some Nick Cage prep, and yeah. and so I'm ready to talk about Nick Cage here's, at length. Yeah, here's what I will say, and again, <laughs> I don't think it'll do any disservice to another show for me to say this now. Every time I see a good movie with Nicolas Cage, which is yeah one in twenty uh, these days. Uh, I go. It always makes me want to go back and s- to through Same. his history and go. Same. What what happened? And what's the I know, what's me the ratio? Too. So exact. Let's do that. Let's let's yeah. do that. We'll do that next week. I, and I will maybe go back and watch some other ones too. We'll do it. We'll do Pig, and then I'll t- we'll talk about Moonstruck that I just watched yeah. and some other things too. So since since we won't talk about Pig, I uh, actually no. I think that's good. I will uh, no. I will do a pitch for a book. Um, I just read uh, Iowati on top. I've talked about Richard Iowati so many times, and I don't think I'm yeah. going to stop until someone emails me and says, "Yes, I've looked into him, and yes, I like him very much." <laughs> I just need one person to do that. But Iowati on top is this British comedian, Richard Iowati, and he does an entire book about the film View from the Top which is a very bad romantic comedy with Gwyneth Paltrow about being an airline flight attendant. I just love that he takes a very like very forgettable film and gives it a treatment like it's Citizen Kane. I do love that. And he, he, for the first time, because I've read all his books, he's three that are, uh, most of them are about film. And, uh, this one, he actually starts inserting some of his life into the book, which I genuinely think makes this one the best because the other ones are very much one or two notes. They're great notes, and I think they're worth worthwhile. But this is kind of gives you a glimpse into him for the kind of yeah. the, for the first time, and I really enjoyed that part because he treats it with the same humor as he does the rest of the book. So huge, huge recommendation for Iwati on top or any of Richard Iwati's books. Uh, you spell his name, A Y. O-A-D-E. It's hard to look him up if you don't know that. Yeah, I just tried and I messed uh, <laughs> up in the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my um, that's what I've been doing. I've been I have um I've been watching a lot. So I, on Criterion they have a neo noir and uh I watched I you know, I just love Robert Mitchum. Uh he's in my top ten of all time. Mine too. And, and so film, there's and film noir and neo noir is one of my favorite genres too. So I can't, there's wait. two, there's two Raymond Chandler novels where he plays the lead. Right. Um, the big sleep and farewell, my lovely, um, farewell, my lovely was definitely better than the big sleep. Yeah. I didn't love either of them, but I just like do love Robert Mitchum. So just like a little shout out to Robert Mitchum there. Um, uh, but for TV, I watched, I watched White Lotus. Did anybody? Do you know anybody that watched White Lotus as well? Uh, no. Are you? Have you heard about it? It's like sometimes it's like when you're in this in, when you're in the sphere. It's like I feel like all of my friends and only it's like the only thing that anyone's been talking about. No, is this a TV show or is it a film? It's a TV show that was on. Uh, it's on HBO for the past I think six weeks. Maybe. Oh, okay. Like, no, I don't know about it. And so the finale was this week. And uh, at first, I I really didn't like it for the first, like, four episodes. It's just like, so the premise is a bunch of rich people go to Hawaii on vacation and then bad things happen to rich people. Okay. And then there's a there's a bit, like, there's a lot of shows, like, it's like Euphoria, you know, and, uh, like, a bunch of HBO shows where it's like, 
here is here's rich people, bad things happen, but you don't feel that bad because they're super rich and you kind of like are rooting for bad things to happen. And I usually just like, it's just like not what I go to things for to like root for bad things to happen to people, but it ended up being very good. And then I, the final episode I liked a lot and I did like look forward to watching it and it was suspenseful and it built characters and it was pretty good. So if you like, are looking for a thing to watch and want to like breeze and binge something. Yeah. Um, White Lotus is, it's a very, it was a good show to binge. Um, but also I have been, I also watched for confoundingly the first time Joe Parra talks with you. Oh yeah. Right. Have you watched it? I've seen a tiny bit. And it is very funny, but I also strangely haven't dug into it. But he filmed a lot in Wisconsin recently, and that was the first, or not recently, in the past few years. And uh, that was the first time I had heard about him. And then I looked him up, and there's some really funny stuff. I saw him do a stand up set before they had the show. Yeah. And he was like, and he, he like did a bit that is now in, uh, in season two. And it was, it was just like an open mic comedy set and people were going up and they were, you know, telling jokes and doing stuff. And he got up there and he was just so different than anybody else. If you've never seen Joe Para talks with you, it's like Joe Para is like a 30 something year old guy who is really like in his eighties. Yeah. Like the bit, the, the character is that he is in like a 80 year old, very gentle, yeah. very slow talking, thoughtful, like, old Wisconsin man. And uh, it's great because the show is on Cartoon Network. It's on HBO and they film so much of it in Milwaukee. There is a shot that they, they film this diner scene inside Copper Kitchen on like Howell and Howard. And I was like, like there's them shooting in there. I was like, this is Copper Kitchen. My grandma has eaten lunch here every single day for 20 years. You know, it's like you, yeah. it like looks out onto Howard, which is like so familiar. And there is like a shot of like inside the pick and save on 27th street. And it's just like very cool to see uh, a show that's, you know, you're streaming on HBO filmed inside a pick and save that you have been going to your <laughs> yeah, entire life. <laughs> that's true. And it, they were just announced for a season three. So oh, um, season two is, I mean, season one and two is great. And it's just like, it's such a good, calming, wholesome, wholesome, wholesome show. Is and he I just, actually like, from Wisconsin? Life. Yeah, I mean, I think he's from Milwaukee. Oh, okay. and they And they shoot most of the interiors in Milwaukee, but yeah. the show takes place in Marquette, Michigan. And so they shoot like the exteriors in Marquette, oh, okay. Michigan. But there's a there's an episode where they come to Milwaukee in right. season two. And so they show like just great spots of, you know, the domes and of kind of like everything in Milwaukee. And it's great. Uh, I want to go back quickly to White Lotus and what you were saying, because they have two, yeah. two responses. One yeah. is the thing that you don't go to movies for. I go to movies for, which is I, for bad things happening to bad people. Exactly. You're I, rooting for. Okay. I want I mean, if they're bad people. And in a film world, it can very be very clearly laid out. This is a bad person. There's no, <laughs> there's totally. no other dimension. I need something bad to happen to them. I think it's because I'm a Libra. I I <laughs> seek justice and balance. 
Um, but when you said that, I was like, oh man, that's all I want. I mean, it's not all you should I want. watch it. <laughs> you, you should watch it. It's like, it's a, it's a very easy show to binge. And yeah. uh, though I like, I flagged the things that I didn't like about it. It did not stop me from watching it or yeah. um, look forward to the episode every right. Sunday. And like we talked about this, I think during promising young woman, when we did that, I was like, this movie, yeah. is, I just, is perfect. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Um, but also I do love revenge. Uh, there is an interesting thing that people do and I've done it a bit, but um when you don't like something for TV shows because of how yeah. available they are, you may not like something for four episodes. I know. And you will still keep go- not you specifically, but you <laughs> right, will but- still keep going. I've known people who've not liked the entire series, but they can't not keep watching it. And I my- think that this is. I was going to say, my I, argument is that you do like it. <laughs> I like, there might be something about it, but they're either, you do indeed like it, but for some reason you can't bring yourself to say you do or acknowledge that you do or believe it or what, what's happening. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll tell you what's happening. Like where, where you're like, okay, I'm a Libra. And so I seek yeah, justice and yeah. whatever. I'm a. Sagittarius, but I, I don't know if this is connected to my astrological yeah. sign or, or whatever. <laughs> right. But I uh, I am a completionist, that, yeah. and so if I start something, I and if I if I dedicate three episodes and like an hour and a half of my life to something that is six episodes, yeah. I physically cannot, I cannot leave that, yeah, incomplete. That's and I have to finish it, which I feel like is why I have such a hard time starting TV series. And I know so many of my friends just like love TV and just like watch TV endlessly. Right. And for me, it's so much easier to watch a movie because I'm like, I it's starting complete when it's over. And if I start a TV series, I'm like, I know the completionist in me is going to need to watch this to the end. So I have to be like careful. Yeah, I get that. I can, I can get how, how that could happen. I've had two specific instances where I've watched the entire show Dexter. I loved the show Dexter again. Mm -hmm. Revenge is really nice. Um, (laughs) I disliked the last season a little, and then it got to the last episode. And I'm like, I don't need to watch it. The last episode of the entire show. I was so put off by like that season that I was like, I think I'm done. I don't need to waste another hour. Wow. <laughs> and the same thing. There's a wow. top and the season of Top Chef that we just watched. We're going through all the Top Chefs. Those are really fun. Oh, yeah. I should do that. I and, know I would like that. Oh, show. they're really they're really entertaining. I don't like the reality TV show aspect. I just like the watching them do it and coming up with the menus and then tasting stuff. But yeah, yeah. when I see who made it to the finale and who I knew was going to win after they had done so poorly and it was just this aggro white guy who did not was not spectacular at all during the whole show and all these other people who are amazing during the whole show. And then he keeps not getting, I know I don't, I don't want to, I'm reliving it and I'm getting angry, but yeah. the fact that he won, I was, I knew, I, I think I knew that he was going to win, but uh, Nicole's like, well, we should watch the last two shows. I go, no, I have no interest. I'm done with this. But show. Your sense of revenge and justice came through. No, and I you were like, I cannot let this injustice stand. I will right. not watch it. I will not watch it. But then we did watch it because she really wanted to. <laughs> so, 
also a Sagittarius. So maybe it is a completionist thing with Sagittarius. It could be. Sagittarii. Sagittarii? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world. It, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've been watching slash reading. All right. Well, I'm going to do Pig next week. Yeah, sounds like we're going to talk about Pig next week. It's it. Is it streaming? It is on Amazon. Great. Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah, I think you're going to, I don't know. I'll reserve, I'll reserve my comment. Cinnabuds is awesome. And it is produced by DJ Kenny Perez. <laughs> and we've got handcrafted sonic inspirations from the License Lab. That's a sonic. That's, that sounds a like a sonic inspiration. I'm sonically inspired. Yes. Uh, we also get support from Associated Bank and Pizza Man. And get money and go to the pizza place. <laughs> That's right. Save your money so you can buy pizza. Yes. Uh, what else? Oh, our obviously, our theme song. Oh, of course, our theme song is brought to you by Mr. Brett Newski. Choop. What's that sound? That's the sound that Brett Newski always makes. Oh, is it? Choop. Oh, yeah. Uh, Everyone knows that. Also, we could not do what we do if it wasn't for the wonderful members of 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Yay! And lastly, uh, this is so important. I want to thank one other person that's makes this show uh, yeah. very important. I truly wonder who it's going to be. Christopher Pollard. Now listen. <laughs> I know that my name is Christopher Pollard, but I am talking about a different Christopher Pollard. Strangely, I grew up with him. It was very wow. confusing because uh, we both had the same name in the same town. But through that confusion and struggle, I think I became the person I am today. And it really helps the podcast. So wow. thank you, Christopher Pollard, number two. Wow, thank you. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.